Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm Tay, and I know very, very little about Nicolas Cage. C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A-T! Oh my god. Oh my god. This is Fight! Hello everybody, and welcome. What time is it? You know what time it is. It's probably about 11 a.m. if you're getting this wherever um, wherever you get your podcasts on the day of release, as all of these episodes, you may have noticed, are released at 11 a.m. in the morning. I, I decided that was quite a good time. Maybe if you're excited for this episode, then uh, you would be sat at your podcast provider. If, by the way, your podcast provider is iTunes, for fuck's sake, star rate it and leave a comment. Jesus, people, what are you doing? Do you know there are yeah, other... come on. Yeah. Oh, Tom's here. Tom, say hello. <clears throat> Hi. There we go. Right, now, um, Tom said hello, so let's let's deal with this. We'll let you know what we do and all this bullshit in a minute, but first, what the fuck, people? What the fuck? We know you listen. I've, I've got stats, right? I know there are mm. people listening. I know... Listen, especially you six people in New Zealand, whoever you may be, right... Could you just... Right. Everyone leave reviews or whatever. If you're one of the listeners in New Zealand, we really want your reviews more than anyone else's, which means you've got to write... Absolutely. Yeah. New Zealand people write it in all caps. Even if you go, this is average, it is my fourth favourite Nick Cage podcast, right? Comment on us saying how much you love us and how we've changed your life. And then comment on other Nick Cage podcasts but only comment on theirs with a link to ours. Mm, yes. I'm Gregory Aikman. I like the strategy. I'm Gregory Aikman. I'm, I'm Gregory Aikman. I, I sow discord uh, amongst podcasts and communities. But uh, you've already heard from him. But hello, Tom. Hi, it's me, Thomas. And uh, you guys might hear some stuff about me in the future. I just want you to know. <laughs> That it was all taken out of context. It's not true. But you don't believe what they say. You've got to believe what you say because, um, because I I heard that you were Tom Nom Nom Nom. I love breast milk, Beeman. <laughs> I that was a misrepresented text. Yeah. Uh, with some missing words. That's all I'll say about it. What is your favorite milk? Other than breast milk, Ooh. other than human it's, breast milk, which is which, which you're famous for, <laughs> it's gotta be oat. It's the oat. furthest thing away from a breast as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, do you know? I I want to argue against that, but I but I think you're right. I think in terms of human milk and all other milks, oat milk is the farthest from. It's gotta be, hasn't it? Because it's, it's not the farthest thing away from. Like a nipple, as you could possibly get. Yes, it it is. It is. Uh, so, everyone, if you're strongly against milk, particularly if it comes from a mammal of any kind, uh, we recommend here at Cage Fight oat oat milk. Uh, none of your silly um, uh, pistachio milk. Yeah, guava milk. Pistachio <laughs> guava milk. <laughs> 
My <laughs> word. That's just juice. <laughs> That's all that is. Yeah, I think it's like a sugar type. <laughs> <laughs> I like orange milk as well. The milk oh, of an yeah. orange. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I like I like lamb milk, um, which is mm. a, a lamb chop. Uh, anyway, um, what do we do here when we're not talking about milk? Stop talking about milk, Tom. You're obsessed. Oh, sorry. Yes. Well, um, all right. <clears throat> so here on Cage White's podcast, we watch, me and Gregory, uh, maybe you, sometimes, I don't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's about we, us. We will prick. watch. Yeah. Get, keep away from it. It's about me and Greg. And we will each watch a movie of Nick Cage's. Mm-hmm. And then we will talk about those movies, and then we will determine which one of those movies is breast milk. I mean, the best, <laughs> the best, the best cage, the best cage movie. Until we eventually arrive to the best. Yeah, uh, um, that was yeah uh, the best Nick Cage film. We're doing this in the in your classic way. So round one, <clears throat> uh, we go through every one, uh, one against uh, another. But get them. round two, we'll go through whichever ones have won this round three. This is going to take six rounds. After the the sixth round, will be just two. Will be the final. Essentially, will be two films against one mm. another, and then we'll have an answer. So yeah, I hope you strap in because there will be one film which we discuss at length six times <laughs> yes I don't. yeah so latch on now and get a good grip i don't know which one it'll be but uh what i what i think we should do because up to now we've sort of uh paired the movies based on uh, a sort of algorithm which you came up with a sort of ra- randomized algorithm <clears throat> Um, I mean, I'm just saying words like I know what they mean, but it was it was sort of random. It wasn't there was no human design behind it. Mm. I think we should interfere with it a little bit too, because sure. there are certain films which I think are so obviously going to win that it's not fair to the other films they'll be pitched against. And be, sure. because there might be like already, do you remember the Mandy vs. Pig debacle where we had to say yeah, goodbye to a absolutely. wonderful film? So I think there should be certain pairings which we put together because we want them both to win and will be forced to change. For example, Conair and Faceoff should be pitched against one another. Ooh. Okay, yeah. You know what? I'm behind this idea. I do agree that the, it's it's really is unfair to a lot of other movies if certain ones stay yeah. in the running for too long. Because it's like, but then also, congratulations, whatever film is pitched against the ant bully, you're through. But, um, so so I, I don't know, I just, because I think one of the interesting things about this project, about this experiment, is uh, not just watching the films, but when when you're watching them with a mind to compare them to a very specific other film, then it's a really mm. interesting watch. Because you're you're focusing on things and you're talking about things entirely separate to the things you would be talking about and focusing on if it was against another movie. For example, mm. uh, we did uh, National Treasure versus National Treasure 2. We would have been focusing on so many different things if it was National Treasure versus one of the films he does which isn't really misogynistic. Like, we would have been forced to um, have misogyny as a negative, whereas National Treasure 1 yeah. verse 2, misogyny is just definitely there. You acknowledge it's it. It's a through you... line of the films. Exactly. Yeah. Without misogyny, we wouldn't have those films. And who amongst us could argue with that? But 
we don't just watch films. We'll get to the films. Don't don't worry, listener. Uh, I'm not exclusively seeing how long we can stretch this intro <laughs> until we talk about the films. But um, uh, we also have another few side projects going on, don't we? Absolutely. I'm currently doing the outline for a one-man Nicolas Cage f- play, stage play, mm. which is moving along quite well. Um, I have like a lot of the good, like it's very character light because I'm really hoping to uh, center it solely on Nicolas Cage yeah. and his experience as an actor. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, the, it's moving right along. It's Sweet. going well. One actor, one act. Just uh, Nicolas Cage. I believe when we last spoke about it in any depth, it was... Um, it was based on a kind of like a cage retelling of a Christmas Carol. Yeah, basically, where he's visited by the different like cages of himself throughout his life. Exactly. And right now, I'm I am uh, I'm working on a title. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be called "The Greatest Show on Earth." A perfect, a perfect title, starring Nicholas Nickleby, Nicholas Cage Nickleby. Um, <laughs> Nick, uh, th- there's something there. That's not it, but there's definitely something there. <laughs> yeah. Also, we're trying to befriend and destroy all other Nick Cage podcasts, of which there are many. Uh, our friends are the internal cauldron of emotions, who I think they're our friends. I haven't heard them mention us on their show yet, but I'm sure they mm. will. Just, just out of irritation, if nothing else. Uh, and we're destroying every other podcast to do with nick cage i haven't yeah we're burning them all to the ground that's what we're, we're putting them into a giant wicker man <laughs> and we're burning it we're setting it on fire and we're gonna watch it and go do you know what everyone slags it off but it's actually surprisingly good but um, yeah, it's not that crazy as one might think but we need your help with that you need to comment mm-hmm. on our show saying we're brilliant and you need to comment on their shows saying here's a link to a better one of this like, yeah, just something like, not quite as good as this one, or maybe, I I enjoyed this, but this other one kind of nails it a little bit more. Something along that was like, you don't have to be outright with it, or you could, you could be. I don't care. I actually don't give a shit. See, I, I care about the smiting of my enemies, and uh, my own sort of, one of my dreams for this show. Uh, Tom, I want people to Google you at one point. And I want people to Google me, and I want people to Google Nicolas Cage, and whichever of those three people they Google, I want the same result to come up, which is this show. <laughs> I would love it if people Googled Nicolas Cage and this podcast came up. That would be truly a wonder of SEO. I mean, currently, because um, I tried this uh, just last night, um, I went through the first 20 pages of Google and we're not up when you Google Nicolas Cage. What a travesty. And that's where that's where your viewers come in. You Well, no one watches this. No. And if you do, you should not, because it's recorded with audio. Yeah. When you listen to this podcast, and you're like, oh, I'm having such a great time. I want you to take that good time and bring it on over to the internet. Saunter on over to the internet. Mm-hmm. And put out on there this podcast for more people to enjoy and saunter to. And and also, before we get started with the actual show proper, one last thing, because some people listen to podcasts as they're drifting off to sleep, 
Okay, so and, wow. and we've got particularly lovely voices, myself and you, Thomas. I'm guessing people are listening to this. They're they're cuddled up in bed, and they're all cuddled in their pillow. They're all snug. So at some point over this episode, I'm gonna shout "Wake up!" really loudly, which will be yes. really really confusing for them. I love it. But what movies? Uh, what movies are we doing this time? Oh yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I, we did. Uh, I did Snake Eyes, and not Snake Eyes. Sorry, it's Snake Eyes, not Snake Eyes though. Oh, that's a different film. Yeah, and when when you type Snake Eyes in, you get about twenty different versions of not this Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes first. Yeah, you get a wikia for the character in GI Joe. You get the movie. You get several eBay auctions nice. for action figures, and then eventually you find the 1998 Nicolas Cage starred film, Snake Eyes. Uh, and then you did Ghost Rider, right? I did Ghost Rider. Do you want to start with your Snake Eyes? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's really not a lot to talk about in this film, or not a lot that I want to talk about mm-hmm. it, because it's a mystery, it's a drama. And I'm not really going to do it any, like, service trying to break it down, like, point by point. Mm. Um, There's twists, there's turns. But what you guys need to know, if you haven't watched this movie with us, is that uh, Nicolas Cage plays a, like, an Atlantic City detective. Um, And he is a very dirty cop. In fact, like, from the start of the film, it's just him pacing through this giant arena like doing being a dirty cop guy and it's very enjoyable to watch him Mm. he gets invited to a big pay-per-view fight in uh in atlanta city and kids if you don't know what pay-per-view is before (laughs) youtube or twitch pay-per-view was uh through your cable provider you could pay to like view a special event and they were mostly boxing fights sometimes it was like wwe or some wrestling event like WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but it was mostly boxing fights and they were like the big to do, right? Like that was the water cooler like type of event that people would talk about for a long time. Like and crazy shit would happen. Like someone would bite somebody's ear off. Um, <laughs> look it up, Google it. So he, he gets invited to this big uh, boxing event and a Senator shows up the commissioner takes duty guarding him and the commissioner's friend is Nicholas Cage. Um, so the event takes place and then there's gunshots. The Senator gets shot a bunch, essentially assassinated. And now Nicholas Cage is trying to figure out like who done it. It's a classic who done it. And nice. yeah, without getting into the mix of it too much, we watch Nicolas Cage as a character who is completely and utterly corrupt, kind of find his moral ground in a sense that there's a woman kind of caught in the middle of this power struggle who knows the truth about the situation, and he's not willing to sell out to kill her. He's willing to sell out to do a lot of things, but murder just isn't one of one of them things. Fair enough. The man's got his class. So he refuses to give up on her to his best friend, who actually turns out to be the perpetrator of all of this. Everything gets discovered. He's 
a, a big savior. It doesn't end well for him because people then dig into his past and find out he's in fact a crooked cop. So it he ends up most likely going to jail at the end of the movie. And that's about it. Like, there's a lot more to it that I'm not going to explain because, again, I just won't do it service. <laughs> you should definitely see the film because this is, in my opinion, and this is what I really want to get into about it. This is like the best, most Nicolas Cage performance. When people like think about Nicolas Cage and his wild overacting and stuff like that. Yeah. This is like the purest and best form of that I have seen so far. The character of a sleazy detective, like he's very verbose. He's very luminescent. He's um, just like, he, he's like a, he plays this character that's like a high roller at a casino mm. who has had like way too many drinks given to him for free. And like lovely spot of trivia about this movie uh, you know our intro where it says this is cage fight and that that the mm-hmm. fight from that little bit was taken from this particular movie. You know where he yells, oh, "It's fight yeah. night." Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. where the word fight comes from. Not not excellent, but you know, in this film, another great reason why this film is really really good because is it good because we have. The trailer looks amazing, and I am looking forward mm-hmm. to watching it. I just couldn't, I just couldn't find it for free. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's very. First of all, the pace is very snappy. Mm. Where we really cruise through an hour and a half very quickly. You don't feel the runtime at all. Nice. Uh, it's super concise. It's directed very well. There's a lot of scenes where the characters are. You know, they're moving from location to location, cameras following them. It, f- it feels very good. It's a it's a very good film to watch because it, it's got a lot of motion and integrity to it. And then, of course, like I said, Nicolas Cage. There, there's actually a scene in the movie where he gets beat to shit, like absolutely clobbered uh, toward the end of the film. And his acting in the moments afterwards where he is so beat up he can barely walk. Like, he is really going for something. And that's that's what I want to hammer on. Like, he, this is, like, the time where he is going for shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And this is one of those films. Like, if you, if you want to see Nicolas Cage really, really go for it, like, everyone talks about how crazy his acting is, this is, like, a prime example of that acting. And for that reason, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this... This film like won the whole thing. Oh wow, really? It's that good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his acting specifically in this film is the what I would say is the epitome of like Cage acting. That's amazing. So mm. this is like Cage, even though he's being all uh, <clears throat> off off the hook. Uh, I didn't want to use the phrase off the hook because it sounds ludicrous. It sounds abs- <laughs> absolutely yeah. ludicrous ludicrous um but uh but yeah is this him doing that but the best version of it so it is really extravagant mm. it is really um mm. uh connect well all these words you used i was gonna say verbose and kinetic but you've already yeah. said that like, he he does all the he does all the classic like face touching random like takes a line and then just shouts the fuck out of it yeah. like everything that you know cage does like he does it all in this film 
and it actually like makes it feels good for the character. Like it, it doesn't seem like he's doing his own thing really. Like it actually seems like for this character, it makes sense. So is this like another example of um, such a great acting that it makes us sad when we see Cage do a bad job? Because we know yes. he's good. We know he's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds mm-hmm. amazing. Absolutely. I mean, and, uh, we don't need to talk about Ghost Rider then because that one's going to win. Yes. So I want to I want to talk about Ghost Rider. I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I did not watch this film mm-hmm. for for this podcast, but I have seen this movie a lot of times. This 2007 masterwork. Yes. I I am I love Ghost Rider, the character, the comic book character, mm-hmm. and the kids uh TV show. But most uh mostly Johnny Blaze. Yeah. The whole like mythos surrounding Ghost Rider. I've read several comic books. I'm a big fan. I'm a fan. Good. And this film, when it came out, I enjoyed quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and then every subsequent viewing of the movie, I hated more and more and more. Oh, because, really? Yeah, it was. It became a worse film over time. How close um, is it? Because I'm not familiar with the comic book, but Nicolas Cage's. Mm-hmm. How good is it as a movie representation of the comic? It's a loose interpretation of the character. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a pre-Marvel Studios... It is a like, Marvel Studios film, though. Yeah, it's it's like before... Okay, so anything before Iron Man yeah. is kind of like a pre-Marvel Studios, like where they had enough power. Oh, okay. They had like Kevin Feig. Like they had somebody kind of like sitting down saying all right you're going to do this this is what you're going to do for all the films like you're going to adhere to this idea and this concept so like so does, the hulk film and everything before yeah. that with edward norton all that all that beforehand it's like kind of it is marvel studios but it's more disney made right. than it is marvel made i loved the edward norton hulk it was a good idea i i thought it was a fun film but so mm-hmm. So does this mean? Because I had an argument last night whilst watching this movie. Because yeah. is Nicolas Cage in the MCU or is he not? Would you say because of all those things you've just said, does that mean the no. cinematic universe does not exist until Iron Man onwards? That's correct. So if they yeah. do a third sequel, that would then be folded up into the MCU. They would probably. So they are doing a Ghost Rider TV show. With Nicolas Cage? With, uh, no, it's a it's a, a new version of Ghost Rider in the comic books. So it's a completely different character. Oh, okay. Uh, I think his name is Robbie Ramirez. Right. Um, so it's not Johnny Blaze. It's not even Danny Clutch. It's just a completely new character. Okay. So I, I, don't, I don't know if we'll see him come back, but with all the current state of the MCU, I would not put it past them to be like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny during this show if, like, Nicolas Cage showed up because he was Johnny Blaze? Like, I'm sure something like uh, that could happen. I mean, it would be. But, uh, dear, dear listener, if you haven't seen the film and you want a very quick, capsule run-through of the plot, it goes like 
this uh nicholas cage is a child um and he is johnny plays him and his dad are stunt bicycle and motorcycle riders they go through fire his dad's got cancer so nicholas cage makes a deal with the devil to cure his dad of cancer in exchange for his soul this this happens but then his dad goes yay i'm cured oh no i'm dead because the devil is a deceiver <clears throat> nicholas cage grows up becomes a very famous and successful stunt car a stunt bicycle rider bibbly bubbly boo until the devil goes you're right mate i'm here for you now could you get this contract for me and kill these fellas for me what contract the one that we spoke about earlier in the film who's narrating that fucking sam elliott is brilliant stuff <laughs> <clears throat> then four four uh demons are following uh johnny cage and johnny cage becomes ghost rider and sort of like tries to just kills evil by making them uh, see the pain they've done and everyone gets sad and dies uh so he saves the life of rebel wilson that was a shock seeing that rebel wilson was in the film <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, filmed in Australia, so that'll be where they found it, because you know, mm. Australian, isn't it? But uh, mm. yeah, and that goes on for a bit. Uh, everyone tries to kill Cage. Cage, as Ghost Rider, manages to um, <clears throat> uh, wipe out these four demons. Two of them, he kills them with a pun. The other two, he doesn't really bother with, um, because <laughs> the, one of the demons is dirt based. And he kills him mm. by calling him, a, like, just before killing him, goes, dirtbag, and then kills him. Lovely stuff. The second one uh, is air-based, and before killing him, Cage goes, time to clear the air. The third one is water-based, and he didn't say, what a way to go, or don't be a drip, or something like that. He just said, uh, what did he say? Oh, he said, surprise, which is rubbish. <laughs> And the fourth and final one, who is played by Wes Bentley, who only did the film to um, get money for drugs for a smack addict, <laughs> a smack addiction he had at the time, um, yep. which I don't think is libelous because um, I think that was directly from a quote with Wes Bentley as opposed to people talking about him. But just in case it's a bit libelous, allegedly. Um, and uh, he looks like a satanic Ben Shapiro and doesn't get a pun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. I, I couldn't see it. Like, I, as soon as I saw that for the whole film, I oh. could just hear him storming up, opening his mouth really evil and saying like, I just think it's, it's wrong. It's not a fact to say you can use any toilet or some bullshit like that. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, awful. So the film's fun. It's yeah. silly. The CGI is very much the CGI you'd expect of 2007. It, mm-hmm. It's fun. It looks like a cartoon slapped on top of a film, which I enjoy. I think they use that well. The movie feels like Spawn. It's that era of uh, comic book movie, isn't it? Like, I know Spawn yeah. was like in the 90s, and the best thing about Spawn was the soundtrack, which was phenomenal. But um, that's basically the plot. It is a fun film, but it's one of the bad Cage films. And I worked out how you can tell the difference between a good Cage film and a bad Cage film. Because in all the bad Cage films, he pouts. And the good ones, he doesn't pout. Pay attention, this is genuinely true. He puts on an almost, like, amusing and over-stylized pout in the shitty films. And I have to pick up on that now. Yeah, and and you will pick up on it. It's almost like 
he's letting you know, sort of like, well, this is one I don't really care about. Give a pound, because in all the interviews I'm going to say, I love all my film, they're like my children, I can't choose a favourite one. But he gives a pound to let you know, yeah, don't worry about this one, mate. Like You'll probably have fun, but it's not going to change your life. Whereas when he's being a great actor, he just acts. He doesn't pout. There may be a bit of pouting mm. if the character demands it. But yeah, look out for the pout, people. Have any other Cage podcasts pointed that out? I'm guessing they all have yeah um oh and there's a side plot which is tedious about his girlfriend Mm. uh who he leaves uh because the devil and immediately gets she gets really successful so i think he was um holding her holding her back really really badly ghost rider as we all know when he's in ghost rider form he's like looks cool as fuck but has got just a just a skeleton with fire all around it now the skull looks too small for the body, but that skull is based on a genuine real-life 3D scan of Nicolas Cage's skull. So skulls, what? Yeah, skulls are just small. That is Nick's that's skull. His, that's a representation of his actual skull. They took a um, okay, that's kind of cool. 3D rendering. Like I don't know. In 2007, I assume it was perfectly accurate, but I I, I can't I, I can't vouch for how close to his actual skull it is, but. But like it, are, are people's skulls just smaller than we think? You know, like in um, uh, mm-hmm. what's yeah. it called? Uh, Bad Monster movie. Um, Bad Monster. Leave that alone. Cloverfield. Um, in Cloverfield, <laughs> yeah. when they knocked the head of the Statue of Liberty, they had to make it bigger than it would be in real life because it just didn't look impressive enough. You know, I mean, we've we've got a lot of bullshit on top of our skulls, so I'm sure they're a lot. They always. They're always a lot smaller than we think. I assume so. I assume so. Mm. But it, it, it looked alarming. But the problem with Ghost Rider is in a comic, it looks so super cool, like the skull with the mm. flames all around it. But in CGI, it's never going to... It's going to look fun. Yeah. But it doesn't it look a, cool. It, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look great. And it, it's something that they tried to fix with the sequel. Oh, really? Well, I'm looking yes. forward to the sequel. Also, very Don't. pleased. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm going to put. I'm gonna have us do the sequel versus the ant bully so the sequel can go through. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's fine, but it's Cage mm-hmm. doing... He gets a couple of opportunities to do proper Cage. Like, when he's transitioning from human to ghost rider and his skin's like melting off he does all the sort of like mad wooing and cheering and manic laughing and screaming in the eyes he does all of that stuff but for most of the film it's just i i think it might be a romantic comedy in disguise yeah i could see that yeah i i they definitely tried to fit some romance portion to it to kind of fill out the characters and the plot because there wasn't much of one yeah and like you're you're a huge ghost rider fan so you might actually be able to answer this because this sounds facetious and it might be facetious unless you answer that there's a reason for this there are three references in the that uh johnny blaze makes in the movie to liking Mm. monkeys right or or just like uh, one early on in the film he's like hey there was a monkey documentary on the other channel could you change over to that a bit later on in the film he's watching sort of monkey martial arts and laughing manically and much later on in the film 
I think he says something like, what do you think I am? Some kind of uh, monkey man or something like that. So there are th three references, overt references to monkeys that Nicolas Cage's character makes. That's too many not to be there for a reason, but I couldn't work out what the reason was. So is there some Ghost Rider running either a running joke or some plot point where he is associated with monkeys or he's got a pet monkey or something? Is that about anything that you know? Um, honestly, mm. uh, I if there is one, I don't know about it. Yeah, it just three references to monkeys that the same character makes in a two-hour film. That's too many to be there accidentally. Isn't yeah, it? that's suspicious. Yeah, something's going on there. Um, there's a great bit where there's a garage with a neon light saying "garage" and the uh, first G and the A blow out, so it just says "rage." That that mm. that was good. Um, yeah. And, I mean, if we were scoring it out of 10, you get four points with no questions asked because Sam Elliott is in the film. Mm. Sam yeah, Elliott. Does a fantastic job narrating and also being like the first Ghost Rider. Yes. Yeah. And he had yeah. the thousand soul contracts all along. So, I don't know. Mm -hmm. The film's not with it. I think it's fun. It's worth a watch if you've got a couple of hours spare and you don't know what to do. But, um,. I don't know, like, obvi obviously, we, we, we'll discuss it and we'll argue the toss just in case, but but obviously Snake Eyes is going through. That's going to be the winner. But Yeah. But we we seem to have two... two oh, oh, by the way, wake up, you sleepyhead! There you go, that's to anyone who's fallen asleep. <laughs> there we go, I was waiting for it. Uh, <clears throat> but I don't know, I think the only thing I can think to do right Right now, if you would indulge me, Thomas, um, hmm. if I just bring someone else onto the show to ask them their opinion, um, Tezonde, could you let us know what you think of Nicolas Cage? I watched Con Air when it came out around that time, and I was honestly a bigger fan of Calamini because he played Miles O'Brien on Star Trek, and I'm a huge Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine fan, so I was watching and going, oh, wow, that's cool. Calamini plays things outside of Star Trek and Deep Space Nine. Um, I heard in passing that Nicolas Cage has been a purchaser of... Houses and expensive items that overextend his finances. And so that was in the news for a period and he had to dial back or work more uh, in order to uh, remedy that type of lifestyle. And uh, what else about Nicolas Cage? I heard that he changed his name to his stage name in order to avoid the legacy of his famous relatives and pursue acting without that branding, which I thought was interesting. Uh, that's an interesting psychology of a person who makes that type of choice. And I kind of, uh, I don't, I wouldn't say relate to it, but my ears perked up at that tidbit of information as somebody who myself has uh, had some extent of an experience with public exposure and ambivalent feelings about pluses and minuses with that regard. Uh, that is my very, very boring uh, take on Nicolas Cage. And in closing, welcome to Cage Fight. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's amazing, mm -hmm. Tate. Um, truly quite the insight and man, what a, what an amazing speaker! Yeah, great, great that he uh, popped along to join us. <laughs> See, 
Yeah, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming out. Cheers, buddy. Uh, and and you know, have a have an umbrella ready out there. Good lad. Um, yeah, tune in next time to find out what surprising celebrity we have join us. Because we have a lot of them. <laughs> we do. So yeah, like um, Ghost Rider is okay. Like it's it doesn't do too much in any particular direction. Mm. Um, it, it's 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 a serviceable serviceable film. Like like it, all the Marvel movies were really back then. Yeah, and um, it doesn't even like attempt to get into like all the good parts of the character, which is you know when you have that knowledge of the characters it's the disappointing part but overall even just as a film as is it's it's pretty okay whereas yeah i think snake eyes was like man like you barely notice the runtime on that film it just really gets you uh it really takes you on that journey very well and what was everyone else like in snake eyes because uh was it one of those films where it's a vehicle for cage very much for him and everyone else is just doing good job supporting him or was it a great yeah. ensemble with everyone uh, pitching in it was um it was predominantly three actors gary sinise was in it From- and yeah he did a fantastic job of being he was the atlantic city commissioner he was the guy who turned out to be an asshole and what a surprise much like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and much like most of his movies he did a great job doing it yeah and great with a checklist that man as well uh, absolutely <laughs> a- apollo 13 there for uh i love apollo 13 why wasn't cage in that but um... oh that would have been really interesting but yeah it's um it's it's really good i highly recommend it i i think it's uh you shouldn't miss this one if you're a fan of Nicolas Cage, or you're doing a, a dumb podcast like mm. we are. You should definitely watch this as one of those films. So I think it's fair to say that Snake Eyes smashes past Ghost Rider with his with his lack of puns. He starts punning, but he doesn't commit. Like, yeah, it's really weak. It's it's limp. Yes, you know? it is limp. It is a flaccid movie. But but yes, Snake Eyes, you are our winner. Well done. A very well deserved. You did it. Are we congratulations? We're gonna find out just by the end of round one. Which to to be fair, we've got through about twenty two films. So there's what eighty three left i think <laughs> that sounds about right yeah um are we gonna find that there was a gap of three or four years that were his best films is there gonna be you know, one little pocket like e- even right now i'm seeing a trend like mm. in the early to late 90s it's yeah yeah because because we haven't even hit upon like the the ones that everyone talks about, which is like Vampire's Kiss yeah. and Leaving Las Vegas. Like those are like supposedly the pinnacle in both directions. Yes, like crazy and really good. Um, so, and I think those were shot around the same in within that time range, right? Uh, I think so. so yeah, because didn't he win an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas? I believe he won an Oscar for winning Las Vegas. <laughs> He won all of Las Vegas in that movie. That's incredible. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's better yeah. than an Oscar, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but 
But, dear, dear people, we're going to bid you a fond farewell in a second, uh, which leaves us just enough time to say, Thomas, what have you got going on? I feel like Sean from Hot Wings again. Uh, <laughs> the cam- So, like, twitch.tv slash thoughts and flight, I stream on there. And then my Twitter is, I mentioned it in an episode, and if you forgot, that's too bad. You're just going to have to re- listen to all the episodes until I mention it again. Listen to them all again. Comment and subscribe. I mean, subscribe, yeah, that's probably good. But comment and send emails to fucking everyone. Yeah. We want a letter-writing campaign to everyone in movies. Don't even ask them for anything. Just tell them about yeah. us. Because- Industry at movie.com. Yeah. That's the email for the whole place. That that's if you email them over and over again. Because the thing is, right? No one gives a fuck, and we can't do anything if they do give a fuck. They'll turn to us and go like, "Oh, that was all right," and we'll go, "Thanks." But I like the idea of people just go, "Well, it's just a, it's just another podcast." But why is everyone talking about it? That's what I want because uh, mm-hmm. I want us to manufacture a runaway success. To completely falsify the idea of a word-of-mouth campaign. We want to invent it. Um, I want the least amount of of people talking about this the most. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I think, because when is this? This is December this one comes out. So Mm. by then we'll probably have some sort of tea tree uh, page or cotton cart or whatever and we'll start putting out merch <laughs> fuck it why not yeah sure yeah fuck it. get get your friend a cage fight t-shirt for uh christmas they'll they'll be really happy with that definitely do that Yeah, then they'll have to listen to the podcast they'll have if to they listen. have a mug about it because you know i'm saying Either they will have a mug with something like our logo on, in which case all of the money will go to Lunchbox. If there's anything we want, it's we want you to uncomfortably force this onto as many people as possible. Oh, definitely. What you want? Yeah, get get your mate to go. Oh, listen to this. Right, sit them down, play it, and stare at them for the yeah. whole time. Give them an ultimatum. You know, people love ultimatums. Oh, like, they definitely listen to do. this podcast or our relationship. Or I'm leaving is you. Over. Yeah. Yep. That's weird shit going on outside. I think it is uh, <laughs> the movie industry coming to congratulate us and give us a medal. Oh, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> Run. Yeah. Uh, and go gregoryoakman.org and see all the stuff there that I've got going on. But yeah, twitch.tv slash thoughts and flight and watch Thomas. Um, play computer games? What computer game are you playing at the moment on your streams? Uh, I'm playing fill-in later. Sweet. Uh, yeah, that popular video game. Nice. That is a triple-A one if ever I heard it. <laughs> I imagine. The people's finest. The people's finest triple-A game of thing and stuff. Anyway, I'm going to go and make myself a cup of tea because it is the food of my people. Uh, stare into my snake eyes. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole?